Guys, what's going on, you beebity boops? <laughs> Happy October and welcome to the Bird Brain Podcast, where the goal is to rise above it all, stay elevated, create that infinity, up your you. I'm your host, Isaiah, and it is spooky season. It is the first Monday of October. Let's go. You guys know this is my month, my month, my month, my month. And um, it's about time I start cranking out some more Night Owl stories, but... <sighs> in season um you know it's all about spookiness and scary things and i want this month to be about scary feelings right scary feelings scary things the things that we don't necessarily talk about and i know we do that a lot on this podcast but i just kind of want to double down and unpack things a little bit more and today we are going to be talking about the fatal flaws um, I stumbled across this concept of like the fatal flaws in our friendships or the fatal flaws in our friends. Um, everybody has a fatal flaw, including me, including you. We all have a fatal flaw that could potentially be the end of our relationships. And what does that look like? Why is that? And, and uh, how do you move through that? Okay, so we're going to talk about that. And by the end of this episode, you're probably going to be thinking about a lot <laughs> because it's been running through my head since um, since I saw the video, but also like talking to my my one of my closest friends about it. So uh, if you're driving, just drive and listen and make sure you're wearing a seatbelt, pay attention to the road, but also tune in. And if you're at home, you know, find somewhere cozy, get out a pen and paper I think that's always cool to to just have like a little notebook to reference certain things while you listen along because you may catch something or you may want to go back to something. So, yes, yes, yes. All right. So uh, stay tuned. Oh, yeah. Get some water. this to you guys real quick what is the fatal flaw friend theory say that fucking five times fast the rule because it's more of a rule than a theory as ting says states that everyone has their own fatal flaw or a flaw that is going to cause you the most distress once you realize each friend's fatal flaw you either have to accept it and choose to not be bothered by it or rethink the friendship if the fatal flaw is truly unacceptable and something you can't look past, like constantly needing validation, telling harmful white lies, or always canceling plans at the last minute, the friendship should probably be reevaluated. Otherwise, you'll constantly be mad at a friend for a simple factor of their personality you're already aware of and can't expect. In other words, identify what irks you the most about each friend and then decide if it's something you want to accept and not let bother you or if it's something worth rethinking the friendship over. Now, I think, oh man, and that could get murky, right? Because, you know, last week, I think I talked about what to take personal and what not to take personal. See, the thing about it is this, we get caught up, right? We, we get kind of tripped up in this concept of like accepting people for who they are 
um, wanting to be accepted for who we are, flaws and all, right? And then we have these icks or these ticks or these irks when it comes to other people and the things that they do. The reason why is because it's easier for us to see a person than it is to see ourselves. We never really, like literally, we don't see ourselves until we either look in a mirror or look in a mirror, aka our phone, a literal mirror, whatever the case may be. Other than that, guys, we we literally, we don't see ourselves. We see our limbs, right? We see our hands, we see our feet, we see our legs. We don't see anything else other. We don't see ourselves, right? And that's so bizarre to think about, isn't it? So the things that we do and how we move, we may not see as with other people may see us very clearly. They may see certain patterns that we have, right? Um, just like we see other people. And the the interesting thing about it, um, there are three, what do they say? Three, hang on, I'm gonna find this because I love this and I just wanna give you guys some groundwork in terms of, again, scary feelings because a lot of times we have, we have, what's the word I'm looking for? We have so many things going on that we feel that will not, that we typically don't even, um, address out of the fear of what it means, right? We don't want to take a look at certain dynamics in relationships because it's like, damn, what does this mean? <laughs> what does this mean about me? What does it mean about them, right? Or even a relationship, right? Uh, a romantic partnership. But friendship, I think, is the root. And this is why I, this is why I stress friendship so much. The reason why is because this, this very reason right here, we fail to realize just how much our friendships influence who we are. And there are three different types of friendships. I think um, friendship of, hold on, because I was Googling this stuff last night, um, you know, just doing what I do. And hang on. So Aristotle said there are three types of friendships. Um, the friendship of utility, right? Which is basically, no, the friendship of, yeah, utility. Basically what the other person can do for each other. So kind of like a quid pro quo thing, right? Then it's the friendship of pleasure. These are the friendships based on enjoyment, shared activity, and pursuit of fleeting pleasures and emotions. The person you drink with but would never have over for dinner. The guy who you go to a football game with but would never be able to tolerate seeing anywhere else. Aristotle declares that um, declares it to be the friendship of the young. This is, again, an often short, tenured friendship as people may change what they like to do and suddenly be without connection. Uh, wait, and suddenly be without connection, their friend. That was a typo. It wasn't me, guys. <laughs> I'm a writer. <laughs> um, in both of these friendships, the other person is not being valued in themselves, but as a means to an end. Pleasure in one and to some useful thing in the other. And then the final one is the friendship, uh, true friendship the friendship of virtue or the friendship of the good. These are people you like for themselves, the people who push you to be a better person. The motivation is that you care for the person themselves and therefore the relationship is much more stable than the previous two categories. These friendships are hard to find because people who make the cut of the virtuous are hard to find. Arasato laments the rarity of such friendships, but notes they are possible between two virtuous people who can invest the time needed to create such a bond. So, um, back to 
fatal flaws. Well, somebody, and there's a question here. There's so much to unpack. I love this. I love this shit, guys. I really do love this because the more, I think the more, this is, these conversations don't happen enough around friendships. And the reason I think it doesn't happen is because people don't know how to deal with the scary feelings that come up in a, ref, uh, a friendship, right? They feel kind of guilty about it. Like, the fear of abandonment, the fear of betrayal, the fear of rejection, even jealousy in some aspects, the fear of sadness, the fear of longing, right? And, you know, not necessarily even gender specific, but then speaking from a guy's point of view, I know this even further doesn't even happen, right? Um, there was an article, uh, a very good friend of mine sent me last week, and she uh, basically the article said that, what is it, that this is the time, well, men are suffering from a lack of friendship. They have little to no friends. And this is something that I discovered years ago, but also um, as I've gotten older, I've understood, I've realized, and I've experienced to some degree because the space for friends of virtue <laughs> in male relationships isn't typically there. You get what I'm saying? Is usually uh, utility and or pleasure. Um, and friends of virtue are hard to find across the board. Like even if you're a woman and you have, you know, all these friends, it's like, okay, what what do these friendships represent for me? Is it like a an aesthetic thing, right? We go hang out, we have a good time, whatever the case may be, but do I trust them with my good news, right? Are these people safe enough for me to be like, hey, you know, and good news just means my my most vulnerable moments that's when i say good news think of it in that way uh the, the i always say the first people you want to share good news with are the most important and those people you want to share good news with should also feel good afterwards because sometimes we want to share good news with people who are who we may be seeking approval from right so we're eager to share good news and be like hey look what i did whatever the case may be in the hopes that they love us right but then there are people, well, I'll go back to that. So we hope that they love us. But after we share that good news, we don't feel good. You get what I'm saying? Because there's something backhanded or we shrink or we feel like we have to kind of like, we did something wrong. You get me? Versus somebody you want to share good news with and who feels good afterwards. That means that this person created space. Regardless, I don't give a damn if you played in dirt, right? They see you and they're like, yo, this this was important to this person. So I'm happy for them. I'm happy because they're happy. And a stranger, a few, few people, um, and I'm, no, I'm going all over the place, but like this is what passion sounds like. Uh, I love the talk of friendship and I love the talk of like just relationships and the importance of it because I think if we were more attentive, we'd be more invested the right way and the healthy way in each other and in ourselves right so um i signed my book at barnes and nobles um that was a big deal for me that was really a big ass deal for me and man it just meant so much and i got so much love from people i didn't know people i did know and again the people you want to share good news with and a couple of people there was one comment in particular, and it sticks out to me. Um, they said, your happiness makes me happy. And when it comes down to what they said, the fact that I don't know them, they said, your happiness makes me happy. If you are a person that values somebody else's peace without your involvement in it, 
seeing them happy will make you happy. And I do this all the time. People I know, people that I don't know. If you're happy about something, you had an accomplishment, I am so happy for you, right? It will never, I will never hesitate on my heels to support my friends and be happy for them and clap for them. The reason why is because this person is important to me. Whatever they got going on is important to them. So by default, it kind of becomes important to me too, right? But also in my heart, this person just means the world to me. And the fact that their world is lighting up, hell yeah. And I'm there through all the seasons, right? It's not just when things are going well. It's like, nah, I see you happy and this makes me happy. I know how hard you work. I know what kind of person you are. So I value this about you. So when it's hard for people around you to be happy for you, that's information especially if they know how hard you work, right? And this all goes back to what a fatal flaw potentially looks like. I I thought about what my fatal flaw might be, and I still haven't quite figured it out yet. Um, a couple of things came up, though. I was like, I wonder if this is my fatal flaw. And I asked my, my friend, somebody who I talk to, and like somebody who I have solid conversations with and very honest conversations with, um, I asked. And, you know, they asked me too, and, we're just kind of like, we're working through it and figuring it out because I know for me, a big thing is uh, poor communication. And I think I've talked about this. Um, a poor communicator across the board, I think affects me in a, in, for, for a lot of reasons, but I have realized that poor communication is symbolic of a lot of things for me. And that will affect a relationship for me much sooner than a lot of other things, right? Somebody who's constantly late, that was somebody, they said, you know, one of their friends is constantly late. And that was a, you know, that's that's a fatal flaw. But it's like the thing about a fatal flaw is like it could potentially end a relationship if that's something that you can't accept, right? So thinking about what it is that you're willing to accept about a certain person, et cetera, um, that they do that may just kind of get under your skin. Like, what can you live with? And understanding that, you know, is this, is the thing that they're doing morally affecting me, right? Um, and that's, you know, everybody's different, which is, I think, why this concept is so nuanced and why it's so interesting to look at. Basically, it's just exploring, you know, what is it about my friendships? What are they What are they founded on? How strong is that foundation of our relationship and what does it look like? Um, because there are certain things that should not be allowed in any relationship. You know, being mistreated, um, not being valued, a lack of intention, carelessness, negligence, like those things are non-negotiables, right? But if somebody's habitually late, what does that look like for you? Um, that kind of gets under my skin. <laughs> um, but I leave room for that because shit happens. But if you are always late, mm, priorities, that, that, that points to priorities, um, Yeah, it's 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 levels to this, y'all. But again, when it comes to to spooky feelings, to to spooky feelings like the big feelings, like sometimes you reach this point 
in your relationships where you recognize that it may be ending or you recognize that it's in a season of change or stagnancy or the leaves are falling away, right? And how... Just thinking about that right now, it just made me sit into it. Like, I pictured a tree, right? I pictured fall because I love fall, autumn. And I see this tree. And the leaves are falling away. And I always use fall as symbolism for changing seasons. And your relationships have seasons, right? And, you know, the people that are meant to be in your life for a lifetime go through the seasons. You guys go through the season with each other. Some people only last a couple of seasons until you recognize what the relationship actually is and what it has been. Why? Because the novelty wears off. And I'm not saying that everybody who's listening is like, you know, everybody thinks they're trying, right? Everybody thinks they're putting in effort. But there are some people who actually make an honest and intentional effort. And um, when you understand that the reason a relationship has kind of gone so long is because you've sustained it. And now you're kind of at this point where you have that that moment of clarity and you're like, okay. And you have to sit into that. It's a weird feeling. It's a scary feeling because what it means is that you have to let something go, right? Or not hold on to it as as, as much. And when I say let go, it's like let go of this idea of the relationship and what you hope for it to be and see it for what it is, right? You don't necessarily have to cut the person off. But there will be a change in dynamic. Otherwise, you will become very resentful or you will kind of uh, sit into a relationship where you're constantly overextending yourself to keep it going. And that in itself still leads to some form of resentment, right? Because your needs are not being met. So the fatal flaw concept, I just really want you to like think about um, in, uh, in friendship theory, right? The, the three friendships, friendships of utility, friendship of pleasure, and friendship of virtue. Again, friendship of virtue is usually the one that's hard to find. Like that's your true friendships, right? The ones that, that last and the ones that are intentional, the ones that are pouring into each other, the ones that are like, they have depth, right? Um, but the other two, like, look at where your friendships fall and ask yourself, why am I friends with this person? And what is it about this person that kind of like that I wrestle with sometimes? And what is it about me that I may find is, is a big deal? Like, am I possessive? Do I anger easily? What things do I take personal that are probably nothing to do with me? Uh, am I extremely loyal to a fault? Am I a people pleaser? Do I seek uh, constant validation, right? Am I in need of certain things that I kind of um, overlook and, and place on the people in my life out of a fear of abandonment, out of a fear of, you know, betrayal, out of a fear of danger, right? And betrayal feels like a sense of danger, like it's a lack of safety, right? Any way you spin it. Um, all of this is cool to look at, y'all, because once you do that, you'll have a clear compass of what your friendships are and how you navigate them, Um and that's necessary. It's important. Yeah. So just want you to think about it, you know, give it some thought, give it some examination, give, give yourself the space to, to feel 
what's necessary to feel. And one of the things I've started saying um, in all of my relationships now, or I just say out loud, a couple of things can be true at once. Someone can care about me. Someone can say they care about me. And I can still feel like I'm not cared for by them. Right? And how how that all works. Like, they could all be true. And for different reasons, right? Someone may need a certain level of love or whatever the case may be to feel cared for by somebody. That's one thing. Based off of their history of experiences, whatever the case may be, they may need a little bit more. And that defines them being cared for. As to where somebody else may just want to feel like they matter. And while this person says one thing, they do something completely different or it's, it's not consistent enough to feel like there's truth there. Right. And the other person may in fact care, or they may just say that they do. Right. So what I've done to make it easier for myself is whenever I have conflicted feelings about, um, how a relationship is feeling for me, I say, all right, just because this person says that they care about me doesn't mean I feel cared for by them. Period. And then I go from there, right? Because I allow there to be my truth in the mix. Because sometimes there's this idea that if we don't agree or believe that somebody cares about us, we're going to hurt them, right? We're going to hurt their feelings. And it may hurt. Like if you genuinely do care about somebody and you're trying your best and they say, look, I don't feel cared for by you, that's soul crushing, right? Because that kind of gives insight to a lot of things, not just necessarily you, but the other person. Um, but at the same time, if you genuinely don't feel like this person really cares for you well, that's fine, right? That's fine. Saying the truth for yourself allows there to be more dialogue, allows there to be more room for clarity, allows there to be more room for accountability. And we talk about, you know, people ask me all the time, how do you learn to start trusting yourself, whatever the case may be? Well, trust how you feel about certain things and take it from there. Like, stop muting yourself. And I'm not saying, and this, this, the reason why I say this is because some people could take it all the way left. Somebody who's very much not doing the work on themselves, not really holding themselves accountable, walks around like, no, you know, no one cares about me, whatever the case may be. And that's my truth. That's how I feel, whatever. And no one just cares. That's not my audience. My audience are the people who are, have been working through a lot of things, right? And not just in the sense of pointing the finger at other people, but really taking the time with themselves and really trying to build a healthier relationship with themselves, really taking the time to build healthier relationships with other people, being intentional, right? Being imperfect, but still being intentional. That's my audience, because I think this, again, there could be different sides to all of it, right? Somebody's like, oh, yeah, this I don't feel like I'm being cared for by this person. It's like, all right, cool. You don't feel like you're being cared for by this person. What have they exhibited up until this point? And what have you overlooked for them to be somebody that you hoped they would be versus who they are? That's that's accountability, right? Recognizing your truth and your trajectory in a certain relationship dynamic that may have led to a certain outcome. Not saying it's your fault, but there is influence there. And at the same time, if you can recognize that, you can say, all right, cool. This is a pattern I have, right? This is this seems to be an archetype or a theme in my relationships. You know, same person just in a different body, right? 
And if you can accept that, you're like, all right, cool. So what do I need to do differently? You get me? And then it could be, well, yeah, you know, this person, I've been exhibiting certain behaviors or whatever the case may be, and their actions and their words don't align, and I just don't feel right, right? That's another thing. That's another truth. And you could lean into that because that will prevent you from constantly being manipulated, right? You don't deserve somebody's half ass and they get the whole you, right? Um, also the whole, well, yeah, you know, give people the benefit of the doubt. Listen, if you're constantly giving people the benefit of the doubt, then you're doubting what you see in order to see what's not there. And at that point, that is on you, right? Because if somebody shows you who you are, shows you who they are, but also shows you who you are. If somebody shows you who they are and you're like, nah, nah, that's not it. Put this on. You look better in this. And they keep saying, yeah, I don't want to wear that. But you're like, but it looks good on you. And they're like, I don't want to fucking wear it. And you're like, just put it on. And they put it on and they eventually rip it off and you get upset. Well, they told you from the get-go that they didn't like it, right? Or they told you from the get-go in some way, shape, or form that I was not this person, okay? Sometimes we have to understand what we are creating. And I said this last, last week's episode. We have to understand the level of permission we are given for relationships to continuously disappoint us. One time, all right, cool, I'll take that L. But if it's a constant, if it's a relationship that lasts for years, you have to ask yourself with all that you know, and you didn't just find this out yesterday, people don't change overnight, like I said, and I stand by it. People are exactly who they are, right? It's just what are you overlooking for them to be something that you desire, okay? Take all of that into consideration. Um. Yeah, we're, 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 oh man, I don't know where I went on this episode, but I hope it all makes sense. I hope it comes back to the idea of like seeing the imperfections of things and people, even yourself and deciding what's going to be the determinant in terms of what, what happens moving forward, especially in your friendships. Um, what can you take, right? And what are you tolerating and what should you not tolerate what should you embrace right because sometimes recognizing somebody's fatal flaw can potentially bring the relationship closer right especially if you're working with uh if you're in a relationship with a person of virtue who's very intentional and you guys are growing together because what you guys will do is constantly hold up a mirror to each other and not in a combative way either it's just like a mirror of intention of like hey i got you you got me I'm going to take care of you as best as I can. I'm going to be intentional. I'm not just going to say I do my best and then I half-ass you. But I'm going to be intentional. And if you're constantly giving the benefit of the doubt to someone else, understand that the benefit of the doubt that you're given is also the benefit of the consistency of you constantly showing up for them. The benefit of them not having to try too hard. But also the benefit of you doubting your own truth and your own reality for the sake of appeasing somebody else. If you don't feel cared for by somebody, that is not you betraying them. If anything, you not owning that is you betraying yourself, right? You don't have to believe everything that you're told. You could believe how you feel sometimes because we have feelings for a reason. And to some degree, it is some truth to it, right? Um, People may not necessarily be, I don't want to say responsible for our feelings. Because I think that's kind of bullshit. 
to some degree, I am responsible for how I treat you and how that influences you. So, yeah, we are responsible for how we take care of other people and how that may influence their feelings. Right. So think about that as well. All right. This is a lot. It's a lot, a lot, a lot. But um, we're just going to keep unpacking things. And I think soon we're going to talk about this concept of abandonment and how that can show up in a lot of your relationships as well. Um, but yeah, in the meantime, guys, take care of yourselves, right? Happy October. Do some things. Um, going to be dropping some more Night Owl stuff. And I'm going to try to really make this every year of October. I try to make it a, a great, a great festival um, of all things. And October is just my favorite month. It's my spiritual birthday. <laughs> um yeah, so we're going to do that. Um, the coloring book, like I said, is in stores, Barnes & Nobles, Amazon. Um, I might try to figure out how to do a book tour soon. I think that would be sick. And what else? Uh, coaching is available if you want to get some mental health coaching, work through some things. Um, it's a process that I enjoy. And I love working with people who are willing to do the work. And I think what means a lot to me, like I say, is people walk away with a new level of awareness and worth and confidence in who they are. Uh, man, that's a big deal because we all just want to feel better about where we are. And we all just want to know that we belong. Okay. Um, and yeah, leave a rating for the podcast if you like what you're listening to. Leave a rating, become a, a Patreon subscriber, become a um, Flight Club subscriber on Apple Podcasts. Subscribers get bonus content, they get ad-free episodes, and they also get early access to these episodes. So yeah, if you want to become a, a, a member, join in. And um, yeah, still trying to figure out a couple more things in terms of like uh, doing a live for my subscribers. I think that'd be sick. And I think that's it, y'all. I feel like I talked enough. So, yeah, with that being said, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, all right, and take flight.